0: This is um this is this is actually kind of interesting this episode that you're listening to right now of Elwood City Limits is not only a it will be just in time for Halloween but it'll be the last time that you'll hear both myself Will Young and my co-host Lucas Mancini before the uh before next week before everything happens next week the first week of november that's right the big new month uh
1: yeah i don't know what's what's scarier will uh (laughs) i you hear about this is okay this is my you ready for my my stand-up routine this is my type five okay Uh, hang on one uh, sec <clears throat> Let me take a sip of water. Let me just take a sip of water here. Here we go.
0: Here yeah. We go. All right. Um, mm. Okay, I'm ready. So,
1: uh, heard about this thing of the other day, Halloween. You ever hear of uh, you ever hear about this? Halloween? Halloween? Yeah. All Hallows yeah, Eve? You hear that. about this?
0: Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: It's uh, apparently this holiday, okay? And, and at first, they had me intrigued. I'm like, okay, I like holidays.
0: Mm. You know, Christmas, <laughs>
1: Thanksgiving, my birthday, all that kind of stuff. You get gifts. Get the family together. Except uh, apparently, i am come to understand, this holiday is all about, you know, thrills and chills, ghouls and goblins, <laughs> s- scary stuff. It's a celebration of, uh, you know, the devil and all that jazz. And, you know, I, 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 I was thinking to myself, my buddy told me about this Halloween thing. And I said, oh my goodness, a whole day meant to scare you? They shouldn't have had it on the 31st. <laughs> That's coming a couple days later. Have they seen what's going on in the White House? Hey! Whoa! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <Woo! laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> not bad, not bad. Um, hey, welcome everybody no matter how you're feeling about this uh, scary time of year um, we are here for you for something that is uh, a little bit a little bit calmer, a little bit uh, a little bit more peaceful and definitely uh, will resolve in likely well, it'll resolve. So that's uh, that's what's important. <laughs> Thanks for joining us everyone. Um, yeah, and we are actually, speaking of resolving, we're resolving season 10 of Arthur today.
1: My goodness, season 10. It's so funny because we, we kind of chew through these seasons so quickly. Uh, whenever I, I was looking like season 10, episode 10, oh my goodness, we're all done. It feels like Elwood City Limits is 10 years old, and then I remember that it's like, I mean, still, four years, nothing to shake a stick at, but I, I can't believe <laughs> season 10 of of Arthur.
0: That's right. And we've, uh, we've passed quite a few milestones in this season. We started a new, we started our own new podcast. We, uh, we did another commentary and we've got a lot of really cool stuff to come. In fact, uh, at the end of the show today, um, I'll kind of go over, we put up a free post on our Patreon about the next couple of weeks of what programming will look like. And we'll go down, we'll go over all of that at the end of yeah. the show. Big and stuff I think you're gonna works.
1: Big, big think, stuff on the horizon.
0: I think you're going to like it. And I'll tell you what I think you're also going to like. Uh, well, ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. It's time to check the mailbag for this episode. as well Along with the mailbag, I also want to give a shout out. Now, kind of stop doing this a little bit, and I need to maybe start getting back into it. This was a big thing a couple of years ago when we were on we're, well, we're still on Apple Podcasts, but when we were getting a lot of reviews of our podcast, and I want to give a shout out to XX Anonymous XX for their five star review of Elwood City Limits. Thank you very much. We appreciate it, and we appreciate everybody's review, whether it's on our Facebook page, whether it's on uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it is very much appreciated. And and while we're doing the appreciation station over here. Must say that I very much appreciated getting this email, first off, from Kelsey, who is our newest subscriber to the Elwood City Limits Patreon. Uh, Kelsey's starting college and has been planning this since last year, and Kelsey needs a lot more ECL content to keep them busy. So, Kelsey, thank you, and we will definitely be doing that as much as we can. Kelsey voted early this year. Did you see the new Arthur short about voting? This is brand new uh just l- the end of last week i believe it was lucas did you catch no, this no
1: i gotta like are, are they just getting posted to the official arthur twitter account i keep missing these shorts
0: they are and the and the arthur facebook account they're also getting retweeted to the elwood, elwood city, city limits, limit's twitter account Ooh.
1: listen hmm. i i i i be checking the elwood city limits account
0: uh, uh-huh. don't get Do me you?
1: wrong i don't know what's happening what time of day are these shorts getting posted
0: it's actually usually like early afternoon. Okay. So, so it's a bit earlier in the day. Peak peek
1: me working. Peak me playing Apex Legends.
0: <laughs> How am
1: I supposed to know to check these things? Well, no, I, I joke. That, I, I wish I did see this about voting.
0: You know what you should also do is subscribe to the Arthur YouTube channel. They put them up there too. Oh.
1: I mean, we, there's all this Arthur content we consume on YouTube. I feel like it's our due diligence to at least consume some of the official Arthur content. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I can say I did watch it. And once again, it was really, really good. I mean, there's only so many ways that I can say I think that the Arthur team is knocking these modern shorts out of the park in the flash animation style. So this one was it was a presentation. Buster and Pinky were doing a presentation over Zoom, or they were practicing a class presentation. And they were talking about why it's important to vote. And then they started to think about, well, why is it important? Because we can't vote. But for the Arthur audience, which is meant to be young children, the idea was to get the word out to people you know who are able to vote. So uh, they were talking about, oh, I'll make sure to tell all of my family the and ask them if they've voted. Or, you know, my mom and dad are going to help drive people to their voting station. Uh, so it's the role of kids in making sure everybody votes in the upcoming uh, well, and yeah, in the upcoming election, which I believe, I mean, listen, we're a Canadian podcast. We, um, we just did a, a local election here in, uh, in Halifax, Nova Scotia, but we can tell you that I believe most states are able to vote now. So I would encourage you to do so if you haven't yet in whatever, in whatever way possible that is. And certainly I hope you don't have to deal with, uh, all the different hangups and, um, voter restrictions that we're seeing on twitter but we uh, wish you the best of luck in that and please remember to vote we would really appreciate it if you did mm-hmm. um we have an email from anonymous who was talking about a wizard of oz episode parody and uh had a bit of a, had a bit of a fan cast for that uh this anonymous would like to see adina menzel on on arthur who or it's or they were saying adina menzel has already been on arthur which oh. i wasn't aware of so uh, they could even no do a wicked to though that that seems like a good fit very much so i will say there was a brief um alice in wonderland parody arthur and the big riddle but it seems weird that they haven't done like a wizard of oz type of thing oh, they there might've...
1: has to have been a moment that was like pay no attention to the person behind the curtain I feel like I specifically remember Arthur lampooning that. Uh, I'm not sure about anything else. Oh, and 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 um, there's been many Wizard of Oz references. There's a part where uh, Arthur melts in that cup. You remember that episode where DW yeah, yeah. uses the forbidden words on Arthur and he melts? Uh, he says, what a world. Um, there's definitely been flying monkeys as well. The... I think there's been ample Arthur Wizard the... of Oz parodies. It's just hard to the pull one... it out of our...
0: Uh, the one from the one that's on the Arthur wiki is is the cartoon that uh, Brain does in Arthur versus the Very Mean Crossing Guard about one of the ways that they can uh, cross the street. So that was very brief, but we haven't gotten like an episode length uh, Arthur Wizard of Oz parody. So um, some suggestion some suggestions here, of course, like D.W. is Dorothy and pals Toto. That's pretty natural. Muffy and Francine as both witches, Mr. Ratburn, the Wizard of Oz, the Brain is a Scarecrow, uh, Binky as a Cowardly Lion, Arthur as a Tin Man, so on and so forth, and they match up pretty well. So, I don't know, Anonymous, we're kind of running out of road in terms of Arthur, so who knows, maybe we'll be lucky and they'll get to it at some point. We can only hope. Our next one is from Sydney. Uh, emailed us a while back, probably during their sophomore year of college. When I was first listening to the podcast, I wanted to email again because I stumbled back into it. I mean, my senior year of college as a pre-med major, and when I'm doing hours of MCAT prep or grading my students' psychology exams, I listen to you guys talking about my favorite show growing up and feel so at peace. It has been really lonely staying so isolated in my campus apartment, never really getting to see anyone because I'm vulnerable to COVID and spending so much time working. So listening to your banter gives me Sort of gives me that misty feeling of interaction. Well, you're welcome, Sydney, and I certainly hope that you do well on everything that is coming your way. And congratulations for uh, getting so far into college. Yeah, I really love
1: the MCAT.
0: Spent a lot of my day in my
1: job talking about, quote-unquote, MCAT prep. So, uh, (laughs) good luck.
0: Here's the interesting part for us. Not to say that you're not interesting, Sydney. You are. I also really love hearing you guys break out the occasional Mr. Plinkett reference. I'm a huge Red Letter Media fan, and it got me thinking who you think would make for a good four-person panel of Arthur characters if they ever did a best-of-the-worst type discussion. I'm thinking Buster definitely needs to be there for obvious reasons, but I'd be interested to see who you guys would put on a panel. I'd love to put Fern in there for some dark humor that's from sydney so we're fan casting a arthur best of the worst panel so i would
1: say buster's got to be there
0: buster's yeah
1: i think you got to have brain in there for the well actuallys you know he'd be able to point out oh this would never he'd be neil degrasse tysoning it up and being like oh you can't do that i don't
0: want i don't want that but then you
1: could have the contrast because because buster's like oh it's fun um i think you need yeah buster uh brain um I think you have gotta have Fern, you know Fern. Uh, Fern's
0: a, Fern's a good show. She would I enjoy like the
1: type of films that they end up watching on Best of the Worst from time to time. You know these horror movies, these schlocky movies. I feel like they'd be up Fern's alley. Um, and then who would get that that fourth spot? I'm trying to remember who like likes genre films the most in the Arthur <laughs> universe. Um, like uh, what what kind of movies does Buffy like? They all like Five Thousand Explosions in a Supernova. Um, Yeah, it definitely sounds like it could be a best of the worst movie.
0: I think I think that's like that like beat Avatar in in the uh, Arthur worldwide box office.
1: Yeah, five thousand explosions at a supernova. Uh, It's like never left the box office. Uh, (laughs) It's like The King and I or something. How it was on Broadway for like twenty years. They they're just people. Or or um, when uh, boomers kept seeing my big fat Greek wedding. That movie like was in theaters for like a super long time. Uh, because just yeah, like old definitely people saw that, could not definitely get saw that in theaters
0: myself. You saw yeah. my
1: big fat Greek wedding in theaters.
0: I've seen it multiple times.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you're, Oh my goodness. You're a big, uh, Greek head. I see.
0: Uh, I was a Greek head for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah,
1: no, who would be the final person?
0: Um, well I, I have to, so I have to, I'm disagreeing with brain being on your panel. So I'm going to let you do your own thing for me. It's Buster Fern rattles has got to be on there for me. Oh, interesting. Because he's basically got the same sensibilities as Binky, but he's got a funnier accent. Mm. So um, now nah, nah, I'm also having a bit of trouble with um, maybe, maybe George, because he can talk about like how the pr- different terrible props are made or something.
1: Oh, okay. That gives me an idea. What about yeah. Mr. Rappern? Uh, he uh, loved all those old Scooby-Doo VHS tapes. Oh, yeah. He uh, yes. is a bit of a Spooky puppeteer poo. himself. He appreciates... You know, puppets. He had those vampire mm. puppets. He's got kind okay. of an encyclopedic knowledge of many things. I think he could bring a lot to the table. If, you know, if we got kind of the button down Mr. Ratburn. Uh, okay. Get him a little loose uh, and then get him talking schlock.
0: Did we get the rat who came to dinner, Mr. Ratburn? Mm, okay. Exactly. Yeah, all exactly. Right. I'm into that. Um, we have one more here from Martin who says, I can totally can relate to Lucas's vibe watching on movies. There's just something about certain films to me that feel better watching at an appropriate time of year or weather. For me, I like watching certain Studio Ghibli films during specific seasons, like Castle of Cagliostro during spring, uh, Princess Mononoke during winter, and Nausicaä of the Valley of the Wind during fall. Certain other movies I like to watch only when it's cloudy slash raining, like Pixar's WALL-E. And then there's movies that have dual seasonal watchability, like The Shining, Black Christmas, the Thing for Halloween and Winter, plus Jaws for Halloween and Summer. What's your favorite movie to watch on those occasions, or vibe occasion, for watching movies?
1: Well, it's funny. I, like I said, I've been continuing with the the only horror or Halloween-adjacent movies in October, but I'm, I am really looking forward to uh, closer to Christmas time, because I'm planning a dark Christmas watch. Uh, oh. So we got three movies on the docket um i'm th- we're going with like the aforementioned black christmas um okay a personal yeah. favorite of mine of course gremlins one um Ooh, nice. and then the outside choice uh eyes wide shut technically a christmas movie
0: <laughs>
1: you hear all this hullabaloo about all oh, diehards a christmas movie blah, blah blah where's where's my online community where's my my teespring t-shirt eyes wide shut is
0: a christmas movie because it is
1: they go you to a Christmas to make... party. That's where they get into all those shenanigans.
0: You might have to make that yourself and who knows, I might buy it. I'm not <laughs> the Eyes Wide Shut not my favorite movie, but I like this. We we need to get away from Die Hard as a Christmas movie as a society. It's becoming it's becoming a bit much. So I don't know. I think Lucas is much more of a vibe guy than I am, but of course I have seasonal favorites. I one of mine for Halloween is Garfield's uh halloween special i always watch that on youtube and then same with christmas i watch garfield's christmas uh special on youtube as well um i make sure uh jingle all the way for kind of sentimental reasons at christmas is one i always do um i also we are also planning to watch halloween like the original john carpenter's halloween on saturday um so good such a good um, it's not. It's not a consistent watch. Like I haven't rewatched it again. But a couple of years ago, if you have been a patro- a long time patron of the show, you'll know that uh, I think it was two years ago I watched Over the Garden Wall mm. on during during the fall, and that was big time vibes as recommended by Lucas.
1: I was actually thinking about watching that again in anticipation of of Halloween, but I kind of got to hurry up because I'm running out of time. Oh um, yes. No, and and one last vibe watch. I'm very excited to once again watch My Bloody Valentine on Valentine's Day. Mm. Um, Was talking about Twitter, talking about it on Twitter uh, last week. An East Coast classic, Will.
0: Yes, Uh, yeah.
1: Filmed not far from where my mom grew up. If you ever want to know uh, what people used to dress like in the rural areas of where me and Will are from in the 80s, there is no better time capsule then My Bloody Valentine, everybody in that movie, looks like how people in Cape Breton used to dress. It's incredible. It's it's an amazing time capsule of 80s Cape Breton uh, fashion. Minor core, as they say.
0: It's funny if you if you I mean if you follow me on Letterboxd, which statistics show you don't. But if you go to my Letterboxd, I am uh, getting very close to finishing King Watch, which is my mm. watch through of the Stephen King movies and TV shows. And I just ran into a couple of them that were filmed much more recently uh, in the province where we live. A couple of TV movies: Big Driver and Bag of Bones. So I've very much had Halifax on the brain. Uh, the last couple of days, and I think we'll be able to fit King Watch into our Halloween viewing as well. Uh, the only other things I can think of, Jaws in the summer is usually a must. It's usually a great time to watch that. So good shout, uh, Martin, and um, Arthur. Arthur's New Year's Eve Ooh. on on New Year's. I think that's a good one because it ends with such a positive message that brings you into a good space for the new year. I'll have to keep thinking about this again. I'm I'm not. Luke, Lucas is the vibe the vibe man of the show, but uh, maybe it's time for me to get in touch with my no. It's my it's, vibe it's as funny well.
1: and and I'm getting it's getting worse over time. Like my friends were like, "Are we gonna? We still haven't seen the new Bill and Ted, and also are we gonna watch Borat too?" And I'm like, "Ah ah ah, not till October's over." Uh, and they were <laughs> like, "Well, Lucas, like next you're gonna be saying we can't watch it in December until uh, Christmas is over." And I'm like, "As long as we get to it in November, we'll be fine, but not on November 11th." because then we got to watch war movies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you, everybody. That's City Limits at gmail.com is a place where you can send your emails. We appreciate hearing from you, and we also very much appreciate the people who have put down their money to be our patrons who are getting access to our Patreon-exclusive show for the kids, a PBS Kids podcast. Just did our episode on Between the Lions, which was a lot of fun to uh, go back to uh, requested by a couple of people. So there you go. Uh, You can always check the free preview on the free feed as well and see if you would like to join us as well. Uh, So it is time to name our newest patron. Welcome, Kelsey Taylor, uh, as part of our patrons. But we also thank people such as Girl Cried Comet, Sydney Long, mm, uh, who just emailed us as well. Bob Yee, Robert Morrison. We have Allison Archambault. Jeffrey Gow Hannah Kitten Mary Archambault Alistair Nicholas DeMarco, Valeria, Lawrence, Mason Bishop, Daniel Updegraff, Jolo Flo, Ursula Cat, Michelle sprezinski Owen Lee Goldson, Lion Dogs ZXA, EJ Akra, Christine Lascotti, Greg Guy, Yoshi, Lily W., Melissa Avalez, Andrew Power, Matt, Pretty Cool Stairs, Marlo Stanfield, Rachel Pearson, Michaela Gibson, Kristen Sierra S., Cat Aaron DeFilippo, William Shayna Bennett, Caitlin Harrington, Kaylin Krogull, Kevin Noon, Jake Bailey, Macy Ball, Riley Stevens, Joe Sue, Christine Wong, Stella Froppy, Emily Kay, Shander LaFave Bowton, John Griswold, Teresa, Dan, Mike Dawson Silva, Light Relentless, Ian Collis, John DeLong, and Lee Ann S. Very soon uh, we are gonna be <laughs> we're gonna have to think of another way uh, to thank all of you. But we do profusely at that, and we also thank you for listening whether you're a patron or not. So let's get into it. The final episode of Arthur season 10 begins with oh, cookin'. what so cookin'? What's cooking? What is cooking? What's cooking is DW. DW's Cookin'. Uh, Arthur is filming her doing the cold open for once, giving her a bit of a chance. And this is kind of not the most we see of DW, but it's the most focus we get on her for the episode.
1: Yeah, I so I, DW- I, I thought this was interesting. I like it how kind of... Reluctant to share hosting duties, uh, Arthur always is. Whatever someone else is like, whenever there's like one of these like in-universe intros, but like Arthur is like present. Like sometimes this has happened before, where he's like, "No, you got to do it like this way." Uh, and this is kind of the most. Uh, overt one of those where
0: he's literally instructing DW you got to look into the camera and make contact with the viewers right and uh the, Arthur is a bit of a he's a bit of a glory hog he's a bit of a camera hog as we, as we've come to know him so he's very particular uh in fact it just doesn't look right so he tries DW uh doing the cold open in a rowboat on the ocean and then finally even in outer space where DW takes her helmet off for a second and i thought that we were going to get uh uh, Arnold's, <laughs> Ar- Arnold from Magic School Bus all over again. So th- the this doesn't actually have a whole lot to do with uh, with what the episode's actually about. In fact, we have a guest star for this episode who we'll be seeing very soon. Chef Ming Tsai is judging the kids cooking contest at Lakewood Elementary. Are you familiar with Ming Tsai, Lucas? I was going
1: to ask you the same thing I... Before, uh, I, of course, whenever they mention someone by name, I'm like, oh, this has the sound of, it's either a real person or a parody of a real person, so I'm going to Google it. Uh, and it turns out Big Psy si is indeed a real person. The TV show uh, that they they reference, I forget what it's called, it's like Ming's Cooking with Ming. Um, uh, Simply Ming. Simply Ming uh, is a real TV show. Um, but I did not know of Ming-Sai prior to this, prior to looking it up. I wasn't familiar. But now I'm kind of interested, because I don't know about you, Will. I really like, like, cooking travel shows. I mean, the obvious, you know, creme de la creme, the high bar, is parts unknown with Anthony Bourdain, R.I.P., which is, like, one of my favorite, not even just cooking shows, but TV shows of all time. Um, but, uh, I'll... Pretty much try out any like cooking travel variety show. I always get a kick out of them, whether they be, you know, some of those Netflix ones like Ugly Food or whatever, to uh, diners, drive ins, and dives, uh, all the classics. So, yeah, Simply Big was of interest to me.
0: Yeah, Simply Ming, uh, a staple of public television for actually quite a little while. So this is, again, uh, as we saw with Antiques Roadshow earlier this season, this is another thing of PBS kind of doing a bit of cross-brand promotion. So yeah, Ming Tsai, celebrity chef, restaurateur, which doesn't have an N in it. I really thought that that word would have an N in it. Um, He also made an appearance on Zoom in 2005, as I found out. I mean, he's 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 a whole, he's a whole guy. Is is this Ming Tsai. I don't know anything about him. I'm also not a big fan of cooking shows. I have to be honest. So it's a way outside of my purview. But uh, maybe if you find out a little bit more about him, Lucas, by watching his stuff, let me know uh, how he comes across. Because at least in this episode, I found he came across quite well, and we'll get into that a little bit later. So Arthur is deciding that you know his dad is. Over the moon. He wants to have Arthur, you know, do this big designer recipe to impress Ming Tsai. He's gonna, uh, you know, he's giving him all of these, like, uh, different recipes that are really funky. But Arthur says he really just wants to do a simple chocolate cake. Like, his dad's like, we could do it with, like, a brandy glaze and, like, a cherry filling. And he's like, no, no, no. Just a simple chocolate cake. And I also, DW says she wants to make her oobleck recipe now do you know what oobleck is so i just assumed
1: via context clues that oobleck was just like it's just like it's like when kids make mud like they just like like throw stuff into a pot and then and then it's like not meant to be edible it's more of like a toy uh but it's now that i'm typing it into google i'm learning it is a real thing
0: Yes, so I was kind of waiting for the episode to explain this, because I thought it was like a DW inside joke, but it turns out Oobleck is real, and it just goes to show I don't have too many young people, young, young children in my life. Oobleck is basically homemade slime, Uh, which slime, super popular today. Is it
1: still sloppy? Because I remember... Like, last year or even the year before, really, was, like, the height of the slime craze. You'd see all these Instagram videos on your For You page of, of uh, people mushing around slime. Adults were getting way into slime the way they were getting into ASMR. Is that... I thought... I feel like the slime... Maybe it's because I stopped paying attention to it. Is slime still going strong?
0: Now, I'm not 100% certain on this, of course, because I don't have a kid. But, I mean... I got to actually visit a local toy company. I think that was t- a year or two ago. And they, like, Slime was one of their biggest things mm. they had so many things and i don't again i don't know if it's still as popular as it was but it seems like when we look back on the 2010s slime the advent of slime is going to be one of those it's going to be like what play-doh was for us or like connects or lego uh
1: when you said it was going to be like play-doh
0: so i was going to be like oh so it's delicious well i well <laughs> you not know, well to be fair i mean you look up these slime recipes and i think you can make them edible oh but
1: geez. Kids at home, please you know, do not eat the slime unless it is
0: Unless mom or dad yeah, says unless it's unless okay. mom and
1: dad says and, it's okay. And we're not mom and dad. No So don't listen no, to us. Oh,
0: please, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cookie dough so, is apparently okay now, but but slime not so much. Uh, well it depends. You know, hey, you know what? We're gonna get into that in a second. Oh, are we? So okay, Arth- thank goodness. So Arthur is, you know, he's very uh, insistent. That he wants to make it his way, he just wants to do a simple chocolate cake, but of course it wouldn't be an episode focused on Arthur if he didn't have an idea and then immediately uh, throw it away because he gets anxious about it. Uh, He, like, sees Sue Ellen at the library who's preparing these, like, kind of flashcards about, you know, where her recipe comes from. She's doing, like, a water buffalo soup of some type. And so, so she's going to be, like, dressing in costume from where it's from. She's going to which have is, all these which, facts which, about which it. Which
1: is, I, I assume, obviously, it's, well, it's hard is it the right place. Yeah. Uh, and I think she might actually, because her parents, she lived in Tibet, correct?
0: Y- yes. Yeah. She has ties to, to Tibet. Yeah.
1: But I wasn't sure if one of her parents is Tibet. I don't know. It would be weird for me to make, like, tacos and to dress in, like, traditional uh like traditional uh, uh, Native Mexican garb I feel like that would be weird but right I don't I feel like we're not operating under the whole story with uh kind of swelled's ties to this dish uh, and I, I'm willing to give Swellen the benefit of the doubt uh
0: sure and 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 I think I think it's a good idea it's just that Arthur gets very. Insecure About what he's doing Maybe he should be preparing a bit more And then he runs into Brain Who has been busy converting his parents Old greenhouse <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Into a place where he can grow natural ingredients For what he's making
1: Okay so I, uh, I know we like to keep it family friendly On ECL but I have to say When it, Brain pulls up out of the store Out of the hardware store And he's just got like uh, Two grocery bags filled with tubes And Arthur and and Buster are like, Brain, what's in your coaching packs? And Brain's like, oh, it's for my hydroponic setup. I'm like,
0: Brain's growing
1: growing weed. He's making weed. I didn't think about that. He's he's going to be giving big, big tie weed. And then to make it it, like, I I thought they were going to like, obviously explain that it wasn't great. Brain growing weeds like immediately afterwards, but they doubled down. It's like, yeah, I've converted my whole family's greenhouse to this hydroponic setup. And it shows all the plots and the, the water system. And I'm like, your brain is making weed.
0: And at that, man, at that age, it's going to stunt his growth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> definitely like is his, his, his mental development for sure
1: but hey he's yeah, he, maybe he's not in, indulging you know don't get high off your own supply maybe he's purely um, you know growing it so he could put it into his blueberry pie a little bit of an edible right ra- there's that whole speaking of cooking shows there's that Netflix one that's all about weed cooking
0: mm. Um Maybe, maybe brain's to blame for the reason this episode ends the way it does. Oh, we'll get to it. But I'm gonna, that's an interesting revelation. Thank you for picking up on this, though, (laughs) Lucas. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna keep that in the back pocket. We'll get back to that in a second. Uh, so getting back to raw dough, there is a point where Arthur and Buster kind of frigging around with the ingredients, and Buster's like just eating whatever Arthur puts in the bowl, and it's basically just like raw dough with like dark chocolate and sugar in it. And i just like Buster eating raw dough, confusing kids everywhere. Mm. I was like, I was a grown man. Like it was basically last year when my wife had to tell me you can't do that or you'll get sick. Now, of course, Lucas, as you well know, you can buy the raw dough. That's pre-cooked. That's right. You can eat that. Right. But the type you make at home, it even it says, well, and I think I've said this on the show
1: before, but much to my delight, it does say good for cooking or
0: for eating. Yeah, I want to get me some of that, but the but the type you make at home definitely don't eat, especially if you have like raw eggs in it and stuff. Yeah, I think Bad. it's
1: particularly the raw eggs that are the ish.
0: Yeah, especially because yeah.
1: we had a big egg recall.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was affected by that egg recall. I'm pissed about it.
1: I like. A lot. Of, I kept telling people about that egg recall, and a lot of them just kept eating the eggs, because they were like, well, I cook my eggs, I don't <laughs> eat my eggs raw.
0: I mean, I, I'm guessing they didn't get sick. No, nobody I knew got sick,
1: much to almost to okay. my d- disappointment. I wanted kind of the satisfaction of knowing that I, you know, am such a psycho when it comes to the news, that I no. knew about the egg recall, that it seemed that nobody else did, and I was going to be the only one who did get sick, but no, uh, everybody seemed fine. <laughs> Which I guess I shouldn't be lamenting. I'm happy that no one got sick from the egg,
0: from the salmonella eggs. From... Well, I know what you, I I know what you mean, but like I threw out the eggs that I bought because the because the cookie told me so, because the news told me so. Mm, so mm. Uh, I understand. I understand. Mm. I'm glad nobody got hurt, but I wish I didn't have to throw out those eggs. Anyway, you're right. Um, Buster is not consuming raw eggs, so it's just. It's, it's still slightly confusing, a little. So, Arthur's dad is saying, you know, he's giving Arthur just a bit of advice. It's just <laughs> like, if you're going to do anything... So, so
1: before he does, gives the advice, though, I actually really loved this little moment where... Like, and this is classic, I used to do this kind of stuff with my parents too, where it's like, the kid doesn't know any better, but they really want to be independent on this one. And Uh you got to understand that like, Arthur is about to enter a cooking competition. What an incredible advantage he has at his disposal that his dad is a professional caterer. Like really, if, if Arthur wanted to win, he could just, he should just do everything his dad says. Uh, but there's this like, you know, I want to do it by myself, which obviously it makes sense. But um, we get this great moment where, like, Arthur's dad almost looks like he's biting his oven mitt. He's trying so hard not to say anything because Arthur yeah. and Buster are going back and forth about, like, oh, we'll just dub sugar in it. We'll, we'll put extra chocolate in it. And, like, you could tell, like, it's not like he's, like, seething, but Arthur's dad looks in pain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he wants, well, and it's Ming Tsai, too. When is he going to get the chance to cook for Ming Tsai? Um, so he, Arth- he offers Arthur... The advice that whatever you're going to be doing, make sure you do it with baking soda. Add baking soda. Or no, so baking, baking powder, Will. Baking, baking powder. Baking powder. Yeah, yes. You yes, made the yes, same yes, mistake powder. Arthur ends up making. Yeah, I, you're right, I did. Baking powder. So uh, we do get a little cutaway here of they're, they're wondering what Ming Tsai is going to be like as a judge. And we get a muffy imagination of American chef idol, which puts us firmly in the mid-2000s when this was still a thing.
1: Yeah, this was really funny. This reminded me of, I've been watching those, um, uh, Gordon Ramsay has a TikTok account um yes so
0: yes and he's been like rating people's. (laughs) yeah
1: uh, he's basically just been using it to like do the react videos with people like preparing food incorrectly uh and getting really angry at them where he's like no no what are you doing like because people will have like a really good uh, ribeye or something and they'll just prepare it the wrong way uh and so i've been enjoying those episodes so i i i episodes those tiktoks uh so i liked i enjoyed big sigh kind of uh ripping apart Muffy. And then it turns out she didn't even make it. It was her uh her chef that made it all along, her personal caterer.
0: And it's the and it's the Ming sai as Simon Cowell and he just is ripping the thing to shreds and then there's like a Paula Abdul Rabbit who's just like, Oh you stop it. Muffy I thought it was great. And it's like that was that was humor in two thousand six. I'm surprised there wasn't a Randy what's his name (laughs) uh thing here. Uh, We even get, like, a little imagination from Arthur, where it looks like they're kind of in, like, Iron Chef or something? Yes, so this is
1: is an Iron Chef parody.
0: Oh, it is, okay. Yeah,
1: it's a a direct parody of Iron Chef, and this I really loved. Uh, I just love animation of people preparing food. You know, speaking of, of Ghibli movies during the emails... Uh, This reminded me of, like, you could really, if you zoomed in, like, fan cam style and cut up some of this footage from this Iron Chef dream Arthur has, Uh you could make one of those, like, aesthetic anime food preparation (laughs) videos, but just of clips of, like, Arthur chopping vegetables in this, like, Iron Chef dream sequence. But, like, have you ever, as as someone who's watched Japanese wrestling, uh, Will, I feel like you would enjoy the presentation uh, of original Japanese Iron Chef. I think you'd get a kick out of it.
0: Uh, yeah probably I that's that's something that completely passed me by I've only seen like the parodies of it essentially I've never watched either the English or Japanese yeah. version It's got like so. all
1: this lore. Like, there's, like, this reason why, like, these chefs are competing in the lore. It's, like, this guy wanted, like, the best chefs on all the land. And and there's really just a lot of pomp and circumstance. Like, there's pyro and stuff of, like, And the secret ingredient this week is! And they, like, reveal it. And, like, if, it's, if the secret ingredient's broccoli, there's, like a metric like ton of broccoli in the middle of the room and the thing like raises up and people are like, and then like the two chefs have to make, I don't know. It's, 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 uh, I feel like it's got like a wrestling level of like entrances and stuff for, for, for cooking. So maybe if you were to get into any cooking show, that would be the one.
0: Maybe I guess. Uh, well, you you said wrestling, so now I have to at least give it a try. <laughs> so yeah, Arthur very nervous about what it might be like to prepare something for Ming Sai. We see DW making her oobleck, and she's using a whole lot of ingredients. In fact, to the point where there is no baking powder left for Arthur to make his cake. So thankfully, he has got. He wakes up his dad in a, in it's an emergency, and he gets baking soda from his dad's uh uh, stash in his um what would you what would you call that his um, like his catering stash yeah like his catering Arthur
1: makes the tactical error of so he he first of all this was like a funny line so Arthur's dad's like Arthur what are you doing you're just like hanging out on the couch you're you're big things tomorrow and he's like I'm resting my body like a boxer before the big fight (laughs) which I was like classic it's classic Arthur even know about that
0: it's classic Arthur hubris. Yeah,
1: and then uh, he gets up at six a.m. but t- to make his stuff bright and early. But now he's dr- he's drowsy. His dad's drowsy. Neither of them are operating at full capacity. So he makes the mistake of using baking soda as opposed to baking powder. And all in all, honesty, I would do the exact same thing. I don't think I do. Sure. I think it might have been. I might be today years old. It shows how much how little I bake. <laughs> I think I might have been today years old to learn that those were actually two different like
0: substances. Same with me. I, I I just made the mistake like 10 minutes ago. So unfortunately, it makes Arthur's cake completely flat, or at least so it seems. And Arthur freaks yeah, out. Yeah, we get He's a got great no...
1: classic Arthur
0: scream. <laughs> yeah, it zooms into his mouth. Um, so Ming-Sai is testing everything at the, at the contest. It's a very pleasant vocal delivery. It's, you know, he's not an actor, but he sounds enough like himself and he sounds like a nice guy. So I think it works pretty fine. Arthur is about to admit that he doesn't have anything to present, but then dad runs in and he's like, Arthur, you forgot, uh, you, you forgot to bring your, um, your entry. And he's like, well, it didn't turn out well enough, the chocolate cake He's like, Maybe, but you did make great chocolate brownies. And Arthur admits, like, well, that was a mistake. That's because I used baking powder instead of baking soda. We get a little story here from Ming Tsai about the about how pot stickers came to be a thing. Now, I'm not exactly sure if this is the accurate story of pot stickers.
1: Well, so I've heard this before. Oh, have yeah, you? Yeah, so I, I've heard that, like, the, the origin of pot, like, and I'm going to look this up right now. Uh, because I, I have heard this like kind of old wives tale that potstickers were originally invented as a mistake and that a guy was preparing dumplings mm. for the emperor and then they, they boiled off all the water uh, and, then, and then they, they disappeared.
0: Well you looked you looked that up. So yeah, it, it's a it's a cutaway to the origin of potstickers, which I d- did find kind of interesting even if whether it's true or not. And Ming Sai eventually saying some of the greatest uh, the greatest food that we have came from accidents and experimenting in the kitchen. And so the kids finally ask him, "Well, who won?" And Ming Sai says, "The ultimate winner is me because I got to try all of your great foods and I immediately went
1: that's true. I literally gasped. I was like, <gasps> "Big side, no!"
0: It's a big boo from me. The very and that's and that is actually the end of the episode. Like, what a limp, a limp way to end it. Uh, Lucas, were you able to get any headway with the the, the origin of pot stickers?
1: Uh, according to the history of pot stickers. Uh, um, uh, A chef who was boiling dumplings forgot about them, and then the water boiled away, and the dumplings stuck. He didn't know what to do, Mm -hmm. so he pried them and served them. His guests love... So in this, I I, I don't know if this is real or not, but Craftsy.com says that... uh, it, It doesn't mention the emperor, but it does say that they were originally an accident. So I'm not sure. I think this might be one of those things where... It's, it's, it's such an old invention that it's impossible to, to verify. Uh, right, of course. And so, but I, I've definitely... This wasn't the first time that I'd heard that story, that pot stickers were originally an accident.
0: Okay. So this, I mean, very limp ending to this episode, but again... <laughs> if we saw ming sai consuming brains like organic blueberry pie right maybe he maybe at that point he was just feeling the love
1: yeah maybe ming sai he was one with the universe <laughs> brains blueberry put in his thc first of all so let's say hypothetically uh, ming Tsai ate uh brains blueberry pie filled with weed uh, yeah. and we're also going to say that it's, you know, cause it's brain. He's a man of science. He's always making new discoveries. Uh, his, in, his crazy homegrown THC strain that he made with his yeah. hydroponic setup was also instantly acting. So instead of having to wait an hour, uh, to digest <laughs> and absorb the THC. It goes straight to your bloodstream. Yeah. yeah that, that blueberry pie went straight in a Ming size bloodstream and he was so zonked. <laughs> He was so smacked (laughs) that he said, you know what? I can't pick a winner. I just want to eat all this food.
0: (laughs) Uh, That might be my headcanon for the end of this episode. We're just going to go with that. (laughs) So while you get zonked and uh, become one with the universe, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with the final story of Arthur Season 10. This podcast is supported by listeners like you, and here's how: over on our social networks, you can follow us and find the latest updates and some fun photos. Facebook.com/slash Elwood City Limits at ECL Podcast on Twitter, ElwoodCityLimits.tumblr.com, and Elwood City Limits on Instagram. You can support us monetarily by going over to patreon.com slash elwoodcitylimits. If you become a patron for as little as a dollar a month, you get access to exclusive audio content like our new PBS Kids show, movie reviews, and sneak previews of upcoming content support us as well by going to teespring.com stores slash Elwood city limits dash store or search Elwood City Limits on Teespring. Buy yourself a t-shirt, a tank top, or a hoodie with the Elwood City Limits logo or an exclusive design by our friend Josh. Elwood City Limits is available online at libsyn.com Elwood City Limits where you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast apps. Is it not on your favorite app? Let us know and you can always help us by spreading the word, tell your friends, and send us a message either on social media or an email, elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. Thank you so much for your continued support. And now let's get back to the show. Special delivery. Buster's special delivery, that is. That's the name of the episode. And uh, bef- before we get anything from Buster, we get a little pep talk from old Arthur who I fr- thought for a second I got Yuri on Ice flashbacks here because I finally mm. finally saw that all the way through. Oh! And it be- became even more surprising to me in doing that is that my wife was perhaps a bigger fan of it than I was.
1: No, that's that's one of those shows where um, the rule of thumb, it's 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 the number one, if people don't like anime, uh, but they're like, oh, I don't really like anime, but I, I for some reason I want to show them an anime. I'll go with, depending on their tastes, the the rule of two is sub people, you'll show Cowboy Bebop and they'll like it every time. Or some people you'll show Yuri on ice. And I, I've never heard someone say a bad thing about that show. So uh, it's, it's a good watch even for those who, who anime is not even their type of thing.
0: For what it's worth, Jenna's seen both of them and liked them both, but I'd definitely say she likes Yuri mm-hmm. uh, better than Cowboy Bebop. So yeah, Arthur is, the message here is don't give up on something that you love to do. So Arthur's on the ice with a figure skater. He talks about how the Wright brothers didn't give up until they were able to make a make an airplane um, and then DW kind of shows up Arthur by being a better skater than him. By the way, I noticed the J juice uh, billboard in the back here, a reference to juicy juice, which was often a sponsor of Arthur and PBS. When we talked about sponsors in the between the lions episode, that was kind of on my mind. Not to
1: be confused with juicy J.
0: No, no, no. That would be, yeah. (laughs) So wait, is, is that implying that, That the J in Juicy J stands for juice. So it's... Well, now we got to know what the J in Juicy J stands for. I imagine it's his name. Like, I figured it was... His his name starts with J, and he's juicy. (laughs) Uh, You are... You know, I wanted to look this up just in case
1: it didn't, because that would be really, really crazy. Uh, Hmm. But yes, it does indeed. Jordan Houston. Okay. Professionally known as Juicy J. And get this. This shows my ignorance. I didn't know Juicy J was in 3-6 Mafia. I Neither just, did I. I. I just knew him as, as the other guy in the Katy Perry song Dark Horse. What a fake hip-hop fan I am. This guy has an Oscar.
0: <laughs> he sure does. Never forget, 3-6 Mafia Oscar winners. Uh, so the idea of this episode is that Mr. Haney is looking for somebody for Mr. Rapper class to be... A student mail carrier. They need a little and, bit of help.
1: And the way this was introduced, I, I had to go back. Like, I rewound. And usually I don't rewind the episodes. I usually just pause them to make notes. But I'm trying to get through yeah. them before we watch the show. But I had to go back a couple times because you could barely hear what he says. But Mr. Hady, like, he's like, blah, 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 blah. But now we want a student to do it. And I'm like, oh my God. Is, like, the school downsizing? Like, where's the teacher's <laughs> union? Like, did, did this used to be, like, a job that they've gotten rid child of? Labor, child yeah, labor laws. Exactly. I'm like, they're like, oh, Oh, we used to get like an employee to do it, but now we're getting a third grader to do it. I was like, what is going on? It turns (laughs) out it was just one of Mrs. McGrady's responsibilities. So I hope I hope in my heart of hearts they're just trying to offload the work for Mrs. McGrady and, and you know, give her one less responsibility. And it's not that they're, like, downsizing or something or or, or taking away Mrs. McGrady's hours. But for a second, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is about to be a labor dispute. They're giving these third graders jobs that were normally school faculty. What is going on?
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so... Or Miss Tingley.
1: It's Miss Tingley. First... Excuse me. Uh, not yes. Miss Tingley. It's Miss Tingley. Yeah,
0: yes. they're looking to fill this position. At first, Buster is very vocally, like, he even says to Muffy, like, who would want to do that?
1: <laughs> he goes, does volunteer mean you don't get paid?
0: <laughs> and he's asking the right questions here. This is like, he's, Buster's looking to get paid. He doesn't want exposure. So, <laughs> but then what he does eventually uh, get into is that you get to miss... At least 10 minutes of homeroom in delivering the mail. So Buster's all about missing homeroom. Uh, So he, he, every, a lot of the kids raise their hand and they have to go through like an honest to God interview process. And I'm just like, do we, do we need an interview process for this? And I mean, as we find out later, it is a pretty involved job, but at first I thought it was just carrying mail, you know, but also isn't it rotating,
1: isn't it rotating weekly?
0: Um, I think it might be. I don't know if he said it. He just said it would be rotating. Yeah, because if it's uh, weekly,
1: that's quite a bit of work. I've As someone who's been on the other end of the interview process in terms of, like, I had to interview people as part of my job, that's, like, a significant amount of work to do every single week for this letter carrier position.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do get a bit of a montage of the interview process, Mr. Haney uh, poking holes in everybody's, res and, and everybody's, like, like Muffy, Muffy's the first one. She literally comes in with like a CV and <laughs> it, that gets rejected.
1: Well, Muffy um, says that she, it, 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 Muffy shoots herself in the foot. Cause as a part of the interview, she says she's an expert at opening mail, um, which is not what she's supposed to be doing. It's delivering it. In fact, she would be very bad at her job as a letter carrier if she was opening the mail. So that's, that's all Muffy.
0: Eventually Buster puts, puts on the hard sell and he manages to get the job as the letter carrier. Mr. Haney a very very critical of everybody. He even gets to wear a cool um uh, new uh mailman hat. And I will say a lot of this episode brought back memories for me because it was 3 years ago around this time that I was a, briefly a letter carrier. And there's a there's a bit of this that's, that's true and a bit of it that's I mean at my limited experience not so much true.
1: Hey, frontline hero Will, you're a frontline hero. I uh have an affinity for male humor. I don't know why, uh, but like any of the like Newman post service jokes in Seinfeld, always really tickly. Uh, my my I have I'm friends with multiple couriers. Uh, a bunch of my buddies like work for various courier companies. So this this brand of humor, I was like, ooh, we're getting some mail jokes in this episode.
0: Yeah, I mean, you I mean you said heroes. Uh, yeah, the people the people that I got to meet um, carrying mail. <laughs> Were, I mean, they're they're from all walks of life, but it's a tough, it's a tough, tough job. You have to have a lot of skill sets. You have to have a lot of perseverance. So the people who have been there for like 20 to 30 years really have my utmost respect Mm. because I couldn't hack it for what ended up being like just a couple of months period. And I only really went out of two or three times and it's really difficult. So all the respect in the world to them and... Buster is you know treating it a bit flippantly at first and he just wants to wear the hat and he thinks it's kind of cool he's even talking with the mailman character who we don't um, we, we've seen on and off but I think this is like um, the first time that we've gotten him as like a kind of a named character uh, his name is Mr. Higgins um, I like him he always he always kind of seem like a nice guy so Mr. Higgins very much takes the mail seriously and gives Buster the what neither uh, wind nor snow, nor sleet nor hail, nor gloom.
1: Yeah. Like a bit he, d- he added gloom, which I was like, I, I, what is gloom? Like, yeah, it doesn't matter if someone, one of your weird friends, wants you to play this tabletop game, not even Gloomhaven will stop the mail. Like, what, what is it, gloom?
0: It seems like a very early 1900s way to say you don't want to work that day. <laughs>
1: Yeah, is that just depression?
0: Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Malaise, maybe. Not even
1: lack of serotonin will stop the mail.
0: (laughs) So Buster's initial initial try at the job, he ends up mixing up a lot of things because he goes very fast. And in mail in letter carrying, you do have to go fast, but you also have to be accurate, which unfortunately is both a lot of is a lot of work in both respects, physically and mentally. So the the kids end up getting a um, a field trip to the zoo canceled because oh, the I mail to the this. bus didn't get there in time. I
1: I, I loved because I did not foresee this going this way. I was like, well, I mean, how serious could this like uh, school male job B, and then right. we get just the harsh reality of just situation after situation of Buster screwing everyone over <laughs> like the whole school is falling apart because of buster's incompetence like almost immediately the ramifications of this like this was reminding me of stuff that happens like in my office if there's ever a communications breakdown this is just like 101 white collar work yeah i wasn't able to send this invoice so now we're not going on a field trip um I, 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 this tickled me for some reason of just like, oh my goodness, not, they're not going to the zoo. They couldn't get an order in for the balls. So gym class, they just have to do pushups the whole time. They're eating prune cups for lunch instead
0: of, instead of watermelon.
1: Yeah. For some reason they're getting watermelon by mail, which is like, what is this, is this school in note of it? What's going on here?
0: Uh, so this discourages Buster, and you're right. There is quite a bit of implications. This really should be a paying job. This is, seems pretty important.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, what's going on with the teachers' union? That they're
0: getting <laughs> third graders to do this. Next,
1: they're gonna be like, Mister Hades like, yeah, I need one of these third graders to do these Excel spreadsheets for me. Like, <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, can I get a third grader to the to the gym? We had another kid puke himself. We need hmm. some sawdust over here. Yeah, what the heck? So Buster takes this as a sign that he needs to take things more. He needs to take things more seriously. So he really applies himself to the role to doing it fastly to doing it quickly and accurately. But he also starts reading everybody's mail and getting a little nosy about it. There's a really great <laughs> Which is a you know,
1: federal crime. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's a great icy exchange between Buster and Miss Tingley where he's where it's like she gets a letter from Paris or something and he's like remember Miss Tingley? uh to put the appropriate the appropriate postage stamps uh on your return letter or else it'll get returned to sender we don't want that do we no we don't <laughs> just a really great delivery from miss tingly i really like that but yeah everybody now the teachers are starting to get a little annoyed with how By the book, Buster is being, which is a different look for him. We don't normally see him apply himself quite this much. He's wearing the hat a lot, but he's also burnt out. He's constantly falling asleep. He's so tired at the end of the day, he can barely eat, which is uh, a bit of a problem if you're Buster. And uh, thankfully, his watch comes to an end after a little while. And Mr. Haney says that uh, Buster's not going to be delivering the mail anymore, but he will be training the next person to deliver the mail. In fact, it, it kind of hits me now. this It's a weird way to end it here because we see Buster training Arthur for the role and Arthur is where Buster was at the beginning of the job. He's you know, very much not taking it seriously. He's like, oh, cool, I get to wear this hat and Buster's trying to tell him like th- the importance of doing a good job and then Arthur just kind of walks away and Buster kind of sighs and that's the end of that story, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's just, I think the moral of the story is... and I'm sorry to harp on this, but it truly is, instead of getting these, uh, for lack of a better term, scabs to (laughs) fill in for this letter carrier role, maybe if it was a permanent unionized position, we wouldn't have... Because if it keeps going the way it's going, basically, the mail's going to get mixed up on Monday every single week until this policy ends.
0: Right, and you're you're getting, like... um... What what's what's the word I'm looking for? But it's getting worse and worse every time because you're you're getting someone to teach someone to mm, teach someone. It's to like teach telephone, someone.
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there was there was yeah. some great
1: stuff here at the end of the episode where right before this, it's showing like how exhausted Buster is from how seriously he's taking this ten minutes every morning mail job, and he's the like, cla- got, the...
0: oh, go on, go on, go on.
1: Oh, he's just got his feet in the foot bath. He's eating dumplings, which hey, that's the remember when. In seasons three, where it was like every episode kind of had a very loose through line, like the two episodes we would watch would be kind of, yeah, thematically connected by something minute, like some little detail. In this in this uh, episode, it's it's dumplings are the, uh, the the thread that connects these two episodes. but uh, uh, yeah Buster's like lamenting how tired he is from his work day and we get this first of all uh, his mom's like honey, I know what it's like to think about work all the time and this is just like sad.
0: yeah it I mean and it's true because like, Buster doesn't of, know how
1: bad it gets.
0: <laughs> no, but the couple of times I went I went out it wipes you out mm-hmm. early mornings, mm-hmm. late nights on your feet all day. It is very representative of the male life. Not many can do it, and I can definitely say I am one of those people who, who could not hack it. Final episode of Season 10, let's talk about it as and our feelings about them. So let's rewind it back. What's Cooking featuring Ming-Sai. Lucas, what did you think?
1: I, I really liked What's Cooking. I love what people... I love, like, Food Wars cartoon episodes. It's... it's it's uh, it's, it's kind of a, a trope that always goes a long way with me. Whenever there's, like, a cooking competition, uh, it's it's just subject matter that appeals to me. So even though it's not that exceptional of, a, like, an Arthur episode, there isn't really a good moral. Um, in fact, the the ending's a bit of a dud. I was upset with the ending, as, as you are, but I do like our little headcanon we came up with. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I just... I I like all the episodes of Arthur that are competitions and every character gets to do something. Those group episodes where it's like, okay, what did this person make? And what did that person make? Um, And so I liked, and I liked seeing all the animated food preparation. So for lack of a better term, no pun intended, it's not a meaty episode. There's not a lot to sink your teeth into to keep the the jokes going. But that aside, based on my personal taste, I actually, I was really entertained by it. I really liked it. Uh, And I think, I think Ming was a fun guest.
0: Yeah, I think Ming sai acquitted himself quite well, and it led to uh, you know a fairly good idea for an episode. I got to be honest, though, neither of the neither of these really inspired me all that much. You're right in that sometimes competition style episodes can be fun. I just feel like I didn't really get enough of it. Like I would have had more kids. Um, mm,
1: I would have liked what they were making. I would have liked to see yeah what did, what what did Binky do? What did what did like yeah let's get Thern in there? Let's get George in there? Let's I agree I agree they should have more kids participate
0: yeah um, and I mean, in the end it was I, I think I think this also suffered from focusing on Arthur. I would have probably pivoted this to Buster, although it would have been a buster heavy episode if we had two stories about him. but some somebody else, uh, maybe even Sue Ellen and talk about her making her water buffalo soup. I just feel like again, like I' I'm, I'm starting to, like this is this is me saying this, the one who relates to Arthur. I'm getting tired of episodes where Arthur is like, I'm gonna do this. And then gets anxious about it and tries to change it. I'm just like, okay, this is this is getting. We 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 we've we've done this dance before, so it's it's a little tiresome. Um, I thought it was okay. It's a it is a very light episode. It's meant to be light, and like I said, Ming-Sai was a good addition. It's just like it, it's fine. I don't have any big feelings on it. Like really, my notes were pretty sparse for both of these stories. And as it goes with Buster Special Delivery, again, not a bad idea for an episode, although. <laughs> I guess, uh, Lucas, you started asking questions, and now I'm asking questions about how this could be possible. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, it's fine. And it just kind of didn't seem to really go anywhere. Like, I, I guess Buster learned a lesson about responsibility or taking a job seriously. But it's tough when you know that this won't necessarily apply to future episodes. And it's just like, okay. It even seems to end things on a really weird note where, you know, I kind of don't know where Buster is now, and like, what, like, like, what kind of the point of all of this was? It, it, it kind of, yeah, it, it felt a little pointless and uh, without a lot of flavor, I guess. Mm,
1: that's I agree. Will. I think that I was expecting, like I said before, I love male humor, and there wasn't that much of it in this. This was it, this episode plays it pretty, pretty straight, um, and I too, I didn't really like. Um, uh, Buster special delivery. I thought it was kind of boring. Uh, I couldn't really parse what the point was. Except, I will say there's one moment in this episode that I do really like. And it's because it's kind of such a weirdly dark and melancholy moment. And it is that, that part where uh, Buster is so tired from his 10 minutes at the start of this day sorting mail that he's like got his feet in the foot bath and then his mom's talking about you know I know what it's like to work too hard too and I thought that was actually a pretty interesting and poignant moment because um, if you think about it it's like oh my goodness a buster's Mom is a, is a single mom. She's a journalist. She probably works weird hours. She probably has to work really hard. Mm-hmm. I know the journalists I know. You know, Buster, uh, we've talked about this in the earlier seasons, is of in, in a lower economic standing or at least in a different economic situation than someone like Arthur. He doesn't live in a house. He lives in an apartment with his with his mom and this was like kind of a moment where it's like if you think about this moment a little bit longer and it's like Buster talking about oh you know it's so hard to have to be working so hard throughout the day I'm so exhausted and then his mom kind of agreeing and then knowing that at the end of the day this isn't going to end anytime soon for either of them in fact Buster's got a whole lifetime of work ahead of him it's this weirdly like kind of dark and melancholy moment uh, yeah, uh, and so I, I, I think that's I'm bringing a little bit more to it than than the episode <laughs> itself is. uh sure. I, I was, I guess, looking for anything just to kind of hang on to because there isn't really a lot there for the rest of the episode. But I do think that was kind of an interesting little scene. That aside, though, I, I agree. I didn't really like uh, Buster Special Delivery. Found it a little bit boring myself.
0: Um, yeah. yeah and unfortunately that's how we have to end season 10 a little bit of a down note a little bit of a bummer according to at least one of us so yeah you may be wondering well what did you think of the season overall what did you uh, what are your thoughts what are your favorite episodes well if I got good news for you we're going to have a whole episode about that coming up next week it's time for us to get into a little bit of what the ECL schedule is going to look like because at the end of seasons we tend to you know mix it up a little bit and we've got some fun stuff on the way let me tell you so let's i mean we've got the episode here that you're listening to this is the finale of season 10 which means we are going to be getting into a brand new season but at the end of every arthur season we do a season 10 recap episode which involves myself and lucas giving our individual thoughts on the season as it was and we also give our top five favorite episodes of the season i've got mine ready to go and you'll be also hearing from lucas there as well but also next week along with the season 10 recap our patrons are getting to hear something very cool uh just a couple of weeks before everyone else and that is that I got to sit down with a former voice of Arthur Dallas Joe Kick Dallas Joe Kick. It was a great discussion that we had, the two of us. Uh, Dallas was the voice of Arthur for several seasons. We'll be coming up to him on season 12, I believe, is his first one. So we'll be hearing from him very soon. And if you are an avid Arthur watcher, you're going to want to hear about what we talked about, what is what it was like getting the job, what it was like recording as Arthur, uh, how it's affected him afterwards, what he's up to today. Dallas is a great guy, and I had a wonderful time speaking to him, and I think you're really going to enjoy that. So next week, that's going to be on the on the patreon and you're going to be able to hear it on the free feed friday november 20th is when that's going to come out so you'll have to wait if you're on the free feed for a couple of weeks but i promise you it's worth the wait i'll also let you know that november 13th friday november 13th is going to be our season 11 premiere where we're going to be looking at the episode the stories swept away and germophobia starting off a new brand new season and we're gonna have a lot of fun seeing. It's all. I feel like it's always we get into a good energy when it's a new season. We get to kind of lay down new new roots and uh, and see where Arthur is at. Take Arthur's temperature as we move into. I believe it's 2007.
1: Oh my God! The far flung future of 2007. The orange box is on store shelves. Uh, there will be blood, and, and no country for old men is in theaters, uh, and and Arthur is on the television.
0: So, you'll, so November 13th, that'll be our Season 11 premiere. Again, November 20th, uh, everybody is going to have access to the Dallas Showkick interview. And over on the Patreon, we're going to have our next episode of For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast. And this is Lucas's choice, so we are going with Dragon Tales. I think we've had a couple people excited about that. So if that sounds like something you want to hear and you want to check out our old episodes of For the Kids then just sign up on our Patreon takes as little as a dollar or don't because we've got some cool free stuff coming your way as well. I also wanted to let you know that in December, we are going to be doing another commentary track. Now, Here's how it's going to go. We're going to have a Patreon exclusive commentary track around the end of December for the Rhythm and Roots of Arthur special, which is one that I got to watch earlier this year. And I know that I enjoy it. I'm very interested to see what Lucas thinks of it. And we're going to be doing another commentary, which means that there's going to be a little present for the free feed coming just in time for Christmas. So so even if you're not a patron, you will be getting something fun for your Christmas, um, your, your Christmas, your holiday uh, time with friends, family, or just by yourself. And of course, don't forget, you can also check out the, uh, when it's time, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. But you can also check out the Arthur's Perfect Christmas commentary. I believe that is now on the free feed as well. Or if you're a patron, it is also over there. Anyway, we've got a lot of cool stuff. If you want to see that all in order again, go to Patreon.com/LucidCityLimits. Limits. is a free text post that you can check out and keep up with us as we enter into a new season of Arthur. Lucas, it's exciting, and we're going to be ending. We're going to be ending the year very soon. We're going to be getting into a lot of new, new a lot of changes. I hope are in store as we get ready to uh, say Happy Halloween here.
1: Happy Halloween. Yeah, I guess this is the last time we're talking before Halloween. So happy Halloween, everybody. Hope it's, uh, you know, limited thrills and chills, I suppose. Exciting, but uh, safe with, you know, the coronavirus.
0: Absolutely. Stay safe um, and have yourself a happy Halloween. And, of course, um, we'll be here a little bit after everything goes on. We just want to say... To our American listeners, we will be thinking of you, of course. I think the the eyes of the world will be on you, but we hope to continue to provide a safe space for you to laugh, to decompress, to have some fun uh, with the people you're listening to. And no matter what the outcome is, we hope that you will stay safe, stay happy, and we'll keep moving forward together. So, for the end of Season 10, my name's Will Young, and for Lucas Mancini, two days is like two years for a mail carrier. (laughs) That's Elwood City Limits, and we will see you next time.